Welcome to episode two of the Faith to Influence podcast. I'm Justin Janowski, your host, and today I'm talking to Sarah Anna Powers, who's an online business mentor passionate about helping other people pursue their powerful purpose. After practicing law for eight years, Anna transitioned into running her own online business and helping other entrepreneurs create greater impact and more income. She's helped multiple six, seven, and eight-figure business owners create click-worthy copy and also created an eight-week online copywriting program called Magnetic Messaging. In today's episode, we've got all kinds of goodies for you, including the first ever wrap on a Faith to Influence podcast episode, and Anna talking about what it was like stepping away from her job and starting her business in faith. She felt like a failure early on. She had a lot of challenges and struggle and only produced $50 in annual revenue her first year. And eventually, as her story is told, you'll understand and gather how she went from $50 to $500,000 in annual revenue in her fifth year. She also shares incredible wisdom on money mindset and the idea that done is better than perfect. I know you're going to enjoy the episode. Before we dive in, I want to remind you that we've got a gift for you for listening today that you can receive by going to f2igift.com. It's a special audio that I'll share more about at the end of the episode. Enjoy it. Sarah Anna Powers is my guest. Anna, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Justin, I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited for this podcast uh, because I know it's going to help so many people and I'm just honored to have the opportunity to share. Mm, Thank you so much. After recording our first episode, I immediately began to think, who do I want to have on as our first guest? And to me, it was a no brainer. I wanted to have you and to fill our listeners in on how we met. We actually met through Ray Edwards events and Ray is a mentor and a leader to both of us. Great man. And at his event, you spoke on stage and delivered an incredible message on money mindset that I'm going to want to ask you about in a little bit. (laughs) And then Daniel on our team connected with you and got us on a call because you were holding your event. And our team at Faith to Influence was supporting Ray's event with leadership and sales and some customer service. And and it ended up being that it was a good fit for us Mm -hmm. to support you as well. So we got to connect at a much deeper level over preparation of a few weeks And then in your event in Atlanta, Magnify Live, where you had over 50 incredible entrepreneurs, Christian entrepreneurs who are working to magnify their business and magnify God. So I want to go way back to the beginning of your business because I want our listeners to know that you weren't always an entrepreneur. You had a whole whole different path and God redirected you. So tell us about how you got into this kind of business and what you do in general. Give a a more... more in-depth share for our listeners. Yeah, so uh, from the time I saw Claire Huxtable on the Cosby Show when I was seven or eight years old and found out that she was a lawyer on TV, uh, I wanted to be an attorney. I thought that she seemed like she had a really nice life. They seemed like they had a lot of money, but they didn't really have to do very much. (laughs) They laughed a lot, they had a great family (laughs) life. And um, and so that's where, you know, I felt, that's where I felt I was meant to go. That being said, I have 
always been a writer. From the time I was a little girl, I was writing songs. Um, the, you know, you saw, you've seen my talk a few times now, the rap that I did inside my talk, I wrote that rap when I was nine or 10 years old. Wow. Um, and God just dropped it into my heart. Oh, you could put that here. I do this for your listeners. I do this little rap about the creation story that just fit perfectly into this talk that I've been giving. Um, <laughs> I've got to ask, can we pause for a second? Would you uh -huh. give just like two or three lines? Would you give just a little bit of your rap? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, I mean, I can just do the whole thing. Do you think that would- Do it. it. Do it. Bring it. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So boom, boom, put your boom, 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 boom. With the travel is your time. We got rhythm. We got rhyme. Gonna give you hope and glory through God's only Bible story. Boom, boom. Let's us go to the beginning when the earth was just a blob the angels were the good guys the demons were the mob god instructed even adam not to eat forbidden fruit or from the land of eden they would surely get the boot but eve didn't listen the snake said it's all right so she reached for the forbidden fruit and quickly took a bite eve knew that she'd done wrong and it made her very sad but she took the fruit to adam and said hey it's not that bad god knew that they were hiding because of all their shame but when he asked about the fruit he gave the snake the blame the fall of man yes yes <laughs> i have Love never it. rapped on a podcast before well there's a first time for everything <laughs> uh so but i literally wrote that when i was nine or ten years old my dad used to give me the bat feet like we do it you know in the car on the way to school <laughs> and so i have this heart for creativity and i believe we're created in the image of god right and god is a creator mm -hmm. and so we we all have that spirit of creativity within us i also love drama and i remember when i was choosing my career path i was looking at um, I actually started out as a vocal performance minor. I used to train classical, like opera. Um, and so I, I really had that heart for being on a stage and really sharing in a one-to-many way, you know, which is what that event allowed me to do was like really have a platform to speak a message. Um, but there were pieces of drama that I didn't feel aligned with. For example, like I remember getting cast in a part at age 16 and I read through the script. And I was like, I cannot do this. I can't do it. It's not aligned with my values. And so, um, so I went into law because I thought this is safe, right? And I'm smart enough to do it. And so I knew I was smart enough to be a lawyer or a doctor. That's not me being arrogant. That's just giving thanks to God that he gave me a certain amount of intellect to be able to do those careers. Um, but I did not want to be a doctor. I was very clear on that, much to my mom's chagrin. And so I thought a lawyer is kind of one of the other professions um, that even though there's lots of lawyer jokes, I think it's a generally respected profession. And uh, so I, I poured myself into that. And I heard about coaching probably early in the 2000s. Uh, people started to mention life coaching and maybe it was Oprah. You know, Oprah would have some people on who were life coaches like Martha Beck. And I would think, what is that? That sounds awesome. Like, I just want somebody to tell me what to do in life. I'm a very, like, give me the, the list and I will just complete the list and I will come back and say, I've done it. What else? You know, so this life coach thing sounded awesome. And I used to listen when I was a first year law student, we, I had kind of a weird schedule. You know, you have some free time with your between classes. And so as I would be making lunch, I'd be listening nonstop to Dave Ramsey to, uh, to his radio show. And he would have on his friend, and now one of my mentors, Dan Miller, who wrote 48 Days to the Work You Love. So when I was a first year law student, 
I had heard Dan on Dave's show and there's this great bookstore I went to Ole Miss in Oxford, Mississippi called Square Books. And I was wandering around Square Books and I see a copy of Dan's book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. And I thought, that is a crock. That is not possible. This man is a hoodwinker. And I don't even think that's a term, right? But I'm like, hey, we're friends now. Like I adore Dan and he's been huge. Another person who's been a huge influence in my life. But I bought his book to disprove it, just to myself. Like I wasn't gonna, you know, start a campaign. But as I read the book, I just saw example after example of people who had built these a successful, profitable careers that were so aligned to their talents and just the desires that God had put in their heart. So it really stuck with me um, that you actually could create a good income for yourself doing something that's maybe unconventional, but like so perfect for you. Mm. And so when I got into the practice of law, it became very clear, very quickly. This was not what I thought it was going to be. I really felt like I was just wilting. I was sitting in an office by myself with the door shut 11 to 12 hours a day, researching and writing as a first year, you're not allowed to talk to clients. So the only people you could talk to were the shareholders occasionally, if they would, you know, deign to speak to you. Um, you get to talk to your assistant and, you know, maybe your coworkers every now and then, but usually you're just in your office by yourself researching and writing. And when I got about five years into the practice of law, I applied for uh, a coach through Dan's company, <laughs> through his company, thinking there's got to be someone who can help me take this skill set I have and find a career that is just a better fit for me. And uh, on that first call, not even the coaching call, the discovery call, this coach it wasn't Dan. He, I think he saw my mindset issues and was like, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so he gave me to one of his certified coaches and uh, she said, you know, you could start your own business. And I thought, huh, maybe I could. And so I hired her. I, I, I had a thousand dollars. I had my baby emergency fund that Dave told me to have. I had paid off all my debt and her deposit was $997. And normally she required it on that call. I said, I literally don't have it in the account. I have to move it. So I took my, and she, I begged her to give me, you know, the weekend to get it moved and like pay it on Monday. And she let me. And so I took my savings down to three dollars, wow. and that's how I started my coaching. Wow! Amazing! Yeah. <laughs> Amazing! Wow! Talk about taking a risk and really going for it. I love that. That was just the beginning of the risk. The very beginning. So many more and bigger and hairier and scarier, but that first one really, uh, it you know, if it doesn't cost you something, a lot of times you just don't value it. Mm. And that cost me big time. So mm. I valued that support. Amen. What a great, great piece of wisdom to share. Thank you. Tell us about some of the other challenges you experienced over your first few years in business. I know for a lot of listeners, if you're a new entrepreneur, you probably are in the thick of it right now, experiencing some of these challenges, taking some of these risks. What were some of the ones that you experienced and overcame over your first few years in business? So we started the business <clears throat> officially, the LLC, I set it up to begin on January 1st, 2015. And I did not make six figures in a calendar year in my business until 2017. Okay. So I really want people to hear that 2015 all year, 
I think I made $50 and that was in December the whole year. And let me tell you, I was hiring good people. You know, I was hiring like 48 days certified coach. I was hiring good mentors. I was doing the work. It wasn't yet my season. And this is something I share with all my clients. It's really a triangular relationship. So the coach has to show up and give their highest, best, brightest. I really believe my coaches that I hired over that year when I wasn't making money, they were showing up. They were giving me everything they had. Okay. Then the client has to show up and implement everything the coach asked them to do. For example, when I have my personal trainer, he can show me the exercise, but I'm the one who actually has to pick it up or else my biceps will not grow. I was doing that part too. So like my coaches were showing up, they were giving me good advice. I was actually implementing their advice. And then there's the divine piece. And it is sometimes in God's wisdom, he is grooming us. He is preparing us. Amen. And all the work that I did while I wasn't making money, I'm freaking out. Oh my gosh, I've spent all this money. I didn't, I'm sorry, Dave, if you're listening, which <laughs> you'll probably end up being a listener of your podcast. I'm sorry, Dave, I, I got off your plan because I realized, wow, like this is a business. You know, we put how much money into college and law school education and then you're not guaranteed a job. It's a, it's a similar thing. You know, it's a business. If you can't just pay $997 and expect a seven figure business to fall in your lap, it's not realistic. Um, so I just, uh, I just kept going and it felt super scary. And there were times that it felt like, like you'd ask about challenges. A huge challenge was trusting that if I have the Holy Spirit in me, his voice is going to speak louder than any, anything Satan can throw in my path. Mm -hmm. Because I think as believers, sometimes we just question ourselves. Like we feel that pull, that call to do something really big. And we let, I think it's Song of Solomon that talks about all the little foxes. We let all the little foxes just come and just nip, nip, nip away at what God is calling our spirit to do. Mm. Um, so that was the biggest thing for me was keeping going before I saw the monetary results. That was the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Wow. $50 in your first year. Amazing. Are you willing to share the, the progress that you've experienced since then? Yeah. So the first year I made $50. By uh, the middle of October of the second year, I had made $2,150. So we like 4X our revenue a year <laughs> two. I mean, hello. <laughs> and that's a side note, but you got to be careful when people talk about, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, 25Xing this. Okay, well, ask them what was your original number, right? <laughs> right, right. They're wearing a little bit of a mask there. <laughs> so, I mean, you can, you know, you can put a spin on whatever you want to. So by the, uh, so we started in 2015. By October of 2016, I had spent almost $50,000, invested almost $50,000. I had made $2,150. And that was, a, that was a pivotal moment for me. I was actually, and I know I've shared this from the stage. I know you've heard this, but, um, but there's probably a lot of people listening who haven't heard this. I was at a coaching graduation um, event in London. It was a program I had paid about $8,000 to be in over the course of six months. 
And um, <laughs> this coach said, does anybody want to have a sample coaching session at the front of the room? And I said, I do. And I figure at this point, I have nothing to lose. So I literally stood up at the front of the room, you know, fighting back tears and just said, I feel like a failure. You know, I put almost 50 grand into this. I was so worried about being a bad steward. Mm. You know, I think that, that, that comes from the uh, legalistic mentality rather than the, the spirit centered mentality. But like, oh no, I have to do, I have to do, I have to do. I can't screw it up. I'm screwing it up. I'm messing it up. I'm, I'm being bad. I'm being a bad Christian. And I really was afraid that I had been a, a squanderer, you know, of the resources that God had given me. And yet I still felt this pull to do something uh, beyond practicing law. Not that there's anything wrong with practicing law. That's a very, you know, reputable needed career, but it wasn't the career I was meant to live in. So I said, I feel like a failure. And thankfully I had a really great coach. And this is the importance of having solid mentors around you who said, okay, um, you have two law licenses. You've you own a home, <laughs> you flew across the world to be here. Like, how is that a failure? And so I said, but I feel like a failure because I've put this much money in and I've only gotten this much money out. And she said, but okay, how, you've invested this much money, but what have you learned? Oh, I know how to create an email list. I know how to build a website. I know what branding photos should, you know, I know how a branding shoot should go and like which shots you need to make sure you get. I know how to write an email campaign. I know how to set up a Facebook ad. I know how to write a landing page. I know how to hook everything together and make all the tech work. Like I know all of these things. She said, so um, who do you serve? And I told her I was doing health coaching because I have a history of overcoming anorexia and binge eating. So when my very first coach heard my story, she said, Oh, great. You'd be a great health coach. And I thought, okay, all right, I'll do what, you know, I'll, I'll do that inside. I always knew I wanted to do what I do now. I want to do business coaching, leadership, success, you know, like really tapping into your ultimate potential. But I felt that I wasn't qualified yet. So I thought, okay, let me do the health coaching thing. Yes. I've battled, you know, my eating disorders and I've come, you know, I've, Lord has given me victory over that. So let me, let me do that. And, but it wasn't where I wanted to work. It's definitely a heart mission for me to encourage women to just love their bodies, like exactly the body that God's given them right now. If they want to change it, that's fine too. But like love your body through the process of changing it. Um, however, that wasn't where I was meant to work. And so she said, well, who would you like to work with? And I said, well, female entrepreneurs, what would you like to help them do? I'd love to help them build an online business, but I don't feel that I can because I don't have a six figure business. <laughs> she said, but you've invested $50,000. It's taken you $50,000 to learn everything that you know. Would it not be such an extraordinary gift to give someone access to all that information for just a nominal fee of 1500 for a three month program? And it's like it clicked and I thought, oh my goodness, I can promote business coaching with full integrity, never claim to be a six-figure coach, but just say, hey, I can help you get all these pieces set up. So, uh, so I shifted in the fall of 2016, and once I made the shift, that is when the business really started to take off, once I got into alignment. And then beyond that, I was offering business coaching and I thought, what is a hard, tangible skill that will set me apart? And so I went back to writing. I've always been a writer. I was a researcher writer, you know, writing persuasively as an attorney. And so I threw myself into the study of copywriting, the mastery of copywriting and started offering that 
in connection with the business coaching. I, I really built the business on the backbone of done for you copywriting. And then over time, I've done much less and less and less copy. Now I teach copy, I coach it, I have a program for that. Um, but now I'm almost purely coaching. I have one multiple seven figure copywriting client. And other than that, I don't do much done for you. Um, but you asked about the numbers. So we went from $50 in 2015 to you know $2,150 by the end uh, by October of 2016. 2017 we brought in $128,000 ish in cash Ooh. and and I was still practicing law full-time. Wow. Full wow. So the $128,000 was on top of my full corporate salary and that was built in nights, mornings, and weekends. Now I busted it on nights, mornings, and weekends, mm -hmm. but it is possible. And so I hope that encourages people who think, oh, I mean, listen, my mantra for so long was, I'm single and I have a mortgage payment. I'm single and I have a mortgage payment. Like I can't do this. These women can do it because they have husbands who support them. Like I have to support myself. I don't have the luxury of, you know, somebody providing for me. What a fallacy. God provides for me. Like, hello, most ultimate provider of all time. No yeah. offense, man, but better than any man. Yes. <laughs> so true. Um, so then I, uh, in 20, that was 2017. And then in 2018, the beginning of the year, uh, I went part-time with law for the first four months. And we had been bringing in consistent five-figure months since about May of 2017. So 2018, as soon as I went three days a week with law, we jumped to 20K plus months. And so at that point I was making this small little law salary and this literally my business was bringing in seven times what I was making at my three day a week law job. So in May of 2018, I made the full transition. Last year we brought in 282 ish, I think in, in cash and about 370 in sales because we had bookings out through this year. And then this year, um, we just got the reports back uh, for the end of, trying to think of what month we're in. I think they were the end of September reports were almost to 400K for this year in wow. cash and much, much more you know, in sales and bookings. So it can happen really fast. When, I mean, I, I remember feeling that it was so slow. And now I look back on it, I'm like, whoa, like, it'll, you know, it's looking like it will be at least a half a million dollar year for us this year in five years. Yeah. From $50, <laughs> half a million dollars <laughs> in five years. Incredible. If everyone listening who wants to start a business or is in those early stages, if they knew they had to suffer through a $50 a year and a couple thousand dollar yeah. period and a lot of investment, a lot of effort, and that it, five years from then, it would produce $500,000. I'm guessing everyone would say, yes, please sign me up. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the money, the money is amazing. The money, um, to me, the money is, uh, is possibilities and opportunities, mm. you know, opportunity to go to these live events and connect with people like you and your team and, and like get to know other people, like really know them at a much deeper level. Um, the money is an opportunity to serve at a higher level. The money is a way to, um, you know, create more space and margin so that, for example, I mean, Justin, when I was practicing law, I remember thinking, well, if I can just make it to retirement, I'll be able to sleep. 
a full night. Like that, that literally was my goal. Like I would just love to be able to sleep, like just to have enough sleep. That sounds crazy to me now mm-hmm. because I pretty much, I mean, definitely there's some busy seasons, but I'm pretty much getting that at least seven hours. But when I was practicing law, nonstop, you know, just, I mean, many weeks, five to six hours and just not enough rest to really be an effective human. Um, so it's just, it, it's totally, totally worth being persistent through those hard times. And I also have so much grace for people who are in the middle of it and just like, when is it coming? I'm like, if God has put it in your heart to do, keep going. You can trust him. Amen. What other wisdom would you give to a new entrepreneur who's in that $50 or that $2,000 stage and they're really fighting for a dream they believe in and struggling and hurting as they're going through it? What wisdom would you share? What encouragement would you share for them? I would absolutely tell them, make sure you are in the word every day. Make sure you are writing down things you're grateful for every day and putting so much more energy into all the amazing things you already have than you're putting into worry and doubt. Um, That was one of the biggest things for me is when I started doing this regular, um, one of my mentors taught it to me as an energy practice. It was originally given to her as a prayer practice. And then I turned it back and she turned it into an energy practice. I turned it back into a prayer practice. But, um, but it's, it's just a series of, of thoughts that I go through every morning. I say a specific verse that has been just a very meaningful verse to me um, for a long, many, many years, more than a decade now. Uh, I list out five things that I'm grateful for. I set an intention for how I'm going to show up that day. Like what kind of energy am I going to bring for that day? I ask God for one piece of support like one thing I want his help in accomplishing that day. And then this is key. I resolve to see that I am supported in that area. Mm. So if I say, God, I want you to bring me, you know, I'd love to sign on three clients today. I am resolved to see that you are supporting me in signing on three clients today. So every email, every Instagram DM, every chance encounter at the grocery store where maybe someone's like, Oh, what do you do? Yeah. Do you have a card? Everything. Even if the person doesn't sign up that day, I see that as this is God supporting me and moving toward what he's put in my heart to do. Ah, I love that. That's so good. So good. And One of the things that you spoke about at your event, and you spoke about it at Ray's event, and I have to ask about it, is money mindset. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with money mindset. (laughs) A lot of Christians, I think specifically, struggle with money mindset and building a business that's really financially lucrative and abundant. And I know we've only got a few minutes left. I do want to ask, though, if you can give us a few tips on money mindset and especially speak to the people who are struggling with it right now. Yeah. Well, I, number one, remember who your God is literally while you're listening to this, like be safe if you're on the road, but I mean, take a glance around you, unless you're out hiking, in which case you're going to see the majestic, you know, beauty of God in nature. Chances are you're going to look around your home or around the road and you're going to see, uh, you know, you're going to see furniture or if you're driving, you're going to see highways and buildings and imagine all the money that just as you turn your head around all the money that went into creating that, you know, even if you're in your home office, like I am, if I 
totaled up the value of everything, including the roof over my head and the air. I mean, it's a lot of money. And think about you're just one person in a world of billions. Mm. And so there's really limitless, abundant money all around you. So it is about stepping into the belief that perhaps God may want to bless you with a ton of money because that will give you a ton of opportunity to do things that are going to advance kingdom work. Okay. The other thing I would encourage people to do is look at, okay, I think there's a big fear um, in, in the faith center community that somehow if you get more money, you will become greedy. You know, like you will, you will, your character will change. So I have this analogy that I use in my talk is um, money is like electricity. It illuminates what already exists. Mm. So if you are a service minded, heart centered person, you get a lot more money. You're going to give a lot. You're going to have more money to give more ways to share more ways to impact. Yeah. If you're greedy and stingy, you get a lot more money. You're probably going to even be greedier and stingier. I really do believe it's, it's like, you know, that saying guns don't kill people, people kill people. And this is, you know, not to get into any like political views, but that was an old motto that I think it was, you know, probably some ad campaign. But I think it's not the money that's at issue. It's the heart behind the money. Mm-hmm. And if you look at all the characters in the Bible who God used mightily, whom, to whom he gave extraordinary wealth, you will start to be able to reframe your perspective. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's, that's another thing I would encourage people is just like, get in the word, see what God truly says about money. Like see what he really says about money. Um, so those are the two biggest things that come to mind. You know, when I think about, it's just think about how much God has and who your God is. And then think about, you know, specific examples of people that he's used who have extraordinary amounts of money and how they've been able to do so much good with that money. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that wisdom as well. I do have to ask for our female listeners who are starting businesses, do you have any female specific wisdom for the entrepreneurs who are on this podcast? Yes. And this, this is uh, relevant to men as well, but I feel that from what I've observed and from studies that I've read, um, Books like The Confidence Code by, I think it's Kitty K or Patty K. Oh, I can't remember exactly the, the gal's name, but the book, The Confidence Code. Um, I would tell the women, especially, done is better than perfect. Okay, so don't let perfection and this desire to have everything completely like mastered keep you from going out and making the impact you're meant to make. I think that men, and again, studies show, like, in that book, The Confidence Code, I'm probably going to mess up the numbers, but there was a statistic where like, if a man feels around 60% qualified for a job, he will apply for it. A woman needs to feel like 95% qualified wow. before she'll put her resume in. So I do believe somehow in the genders, and I've observed this just in the people I've worked with, the men seem to be able to say, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'll figure it out. And the women seem to want to wait until all the PDFs are perfect and the videos are, you know, superbly edited and the graphics are, and, and think about how many people you are denying their opportunity to get the breakthrough they need. That's going to come through your work 
because you just are insistent upon everything being exactly right before you put it out. I'm not saying just put out randomness. For sure, have thought behind the products that you create. Um, but when I was putting together Magnetic Messaging, which is our signature copywriting program, for it's an eight-week messaging course, uh, I was still practicing law full-time. I think I had 12 one-on-one -on -one coaching clients and maybe five or six copywriting clients, and I was putting together this program, and I just wanted it to be perfect. And my coach at the time, she said, Anna, your 80% is everyone else's 100% you are so committed and dedicated to excellence. Just understand what you put an 80% effort into is, is a hundred percent for someone else or beyond. And that helped me so much feel like, okay, I, I can go ahead and put this out. And we, you know, we created that program and we've run it four times and it's benefited so many people. But if I had had my way and not had good support around me, I would have hemmed and hawed and it probably would have been another eight months before I ever released it. Anna, what an important lesson. Done is better than perfect. Yeah. I can relate to that. I can relate to that desire for perfection, even with this podcast. I remember oh, yeah. <laughs> we had a, I had a planning meeting with my team for 2020 in September and said, nope, the podcast is too big. We can't do it. 2021. We'll do it in 2021. And then Doug- You can wait a whole nother year. A whole nother year. And then Doug oh, Pugh kicked me in the butt and said, this is, this is easy. You just have to do it. You just have Good to- Good job, Doug Pugh. content out there. Yeah. Doug Pugh, he's incredible. <laughs> and even, even before this interview, so the first episode I was just sharing on my own, this is my first podcast interview. And I, I line up a call with you to talk about and prepare for the podcast. And you're like, no, we just get on and we talk. Let's just do this. Done is better than perfect. And so thank you for sharing that lesson with me and with everyone who's listening in. Anna, yeah. this has been absolutely amazing. I'm sure that many of our listeners are going to want to hear more from you and connect with you in ways beyond this podcast. How can they receive ongoing value from you beyond just today? Awesome. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share that. So there's just a few ways. I'll mention actually three ways. First of all, just go to my website, sarahannapowers.com. You can take a look at you know, the message and, and what I'm about, what our company is about. Number two, I have a podcast called Faith Forward Online Business. So if you're listening to this, you probably like podcasts. Uh, we have, we're going to have Justin on. Um, super looking forward to setting that up. So we have uh, people who come from a faith-based perspective. So if you are someone who needs to put together your own messaging or you already have put together your own messaging and you want a refresh, you just really wanna make sure that it's as refined as possible. I have a sales page template. It's totally free, it's super valuable. It's the same template and structure that I use to write for my multiple seven figure, eight figure copywriting clients that I've worked with over the last several years. So it's available at sarahannapowers.com forward slash stellar sales page. All one word together. Perfect. We'll include those websites in the notes for the show. Thank you again, Sarah Anna Powers. You are unbelievable. And it was truly an honor to get to talk with you today. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show, Justin. And thank you, listeners. F2I Nation, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We've got a special gift for you that you can find at F2I Gift. Com. It's an audio recording of some of our most treasured content, 
called the rules of engagement. It's eight rules that are going to help you show up more powerfully in your business, show up more powerfully for your family, show up more powerfully in your relationship with God, in your community, and really in everything that you do. We found that these eight rules really help people move the needle forward and become more of who God created them to be. We hope that you'll enjoy them. Again, there are gifts to you for free at f2igift.com. We'll see you next week.